ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to These Go to 11. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Joining me as always, Zach Bartle. Zach, what's going down, man? I'm down with the one who is known as the son of the G to the O to the D. Never done. <laughs> nice. Bringing back some old DC talk, huh? Actually, that goes <laughs> even back further than that, doesn't it? it wasn't that oh. like a Doobie Brothers song? Yeah, it was not that not that rap breakdown in the middle. That was pure yeah. Toby and McKeon before he lost the Kean. <laughs> nice. I know all all old DC talk by heart, and you can ask my wife. I will often randomly break into some really cheesy old, like when he used to do the random high syllable. Right, right. <laughs> you know, some rappers boast, some are making me ill. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, dude, that's money. That is money. Do you, do you have any of that stuff uh, floating around? Tapes, perhaps, or, oh, yeah. or CD? Oh yeah, I've got, um, I've got the that um, that one. What, what was that one called? I, I want to say I, I keep thinking. Yeah, last, dude. Yeah, 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 last. That was a great album. Yep, yep. That oh, before one that and... was New Thang, and the one before that was a self-titled debut. Yep. Where uh, Kevin Max was still Kevin Smith, and he was playing the the keyboards. Yes. Yeah, dude, I got introduced to not only DC Talk but also PID, ETW, and Transformation Crusade on a, a sampler tape that my mom bought me in like 1989 called. Are you ready for this? Rap dot 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 straight from the streets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude! <laughs> and there was this whole section, and this is you know, if we're talking about selling out, this might be a great segue because there, there was go. this. There was this whole section in which they were interviewing Toby McKeon, and he was talking about, yo, this is Toby from DC Talk, and he couldn't quite figure out how the urban like accent was supposed to sound, <laughs> so it was a little bit like like, gangs, like gangster, not gangsta. Right, but right. Uh, he, he said this whole thing about how he thought Christianity was down, and he thought it was the thing to do, not like you have to be some kind of freak or something, because Christianity shouldn't be seen as whack or ill. And, and then, like... Three or four years later, boom, Jesus, Jesus freak, freak comes out. <laughs> now you do think we have to be. Uh, which, which, by the way, in my book, uh, best song of all time, Jesus Freak. Nice. nice. Right? Could, if, if someone turned that up, would you ever consider turning it down? Oh, no. Never. No. No. Never. Never. Yeah, I was thinking back, like, that's, that's around the time, like, I had, let's see, I had that cassette tape. I had... Uh, now, I know this came out before that, but this was around the same time I bought a bunch of cassette tapes together. Uh, Michael W. Smith's Eye to Eye. You remember I've that? Got, I'm looking at the CD right now. Dude. I've got it in my, got it in my CD rack here at my church. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's got it's the got uh, Hand of Providence. It's yeah. got Secret Ambition. Yes, yes. It's got, it's got Ashton, which is a song based on Frank Peretti's yep. Piercing the Darkness in This Present Darkness. Yep. Dude, that, that, that is a... Freaking, uh, I would call that a, a classic, you know, that's a gold standard for Christian music. Yeah, yeah, I spent an entire summer on a mission trip doing a, uh, doing a play, or uh, like a little skit to Ashton. The entire summer oh, we were, were doing... Oh, demons? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, there were demons, you know, there was... Oh, yeah, I was, I was actually, I played Satan the entire time throughout that skit. Yeah, that tracks, man, that tracks. <laughs> I can see that. Uh, let's see. What else? Oh, uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman's Great Adventure. Oh, that's a good one. It starts with that overture. It's like a, a, 
Um, I have the VHS tape of the behind the scenes and all the videos. Oh, nice. <laughs> Stephen Curtis Chapman is the most likable guy in the world. An oh, evangelical. Yeah. I mean, like, do you ever look at his mullet Thursdays oh, on yeah. uh, <laughs> or mullet Mondays or whatever he does? How could anyone not like Stephen Curtis Chapman? Oh, and his music is amazing. He did this song for uh, the, the Apostle, which is my favorite yes. movie in the world. Nice. And it was like, I will not go gently. Uh, I will not. I will not go. Go out quiet. I will not go, go quietly. quietly. Yeah. Yeah. And it is one of the best songs I've ever heard. And I remember watching that and going, okay, this is not like a mainstream movie. It's religious themes, but it's, you know, it's Robert Duvall. It's, right. you know, whoever Columbia Pictures or something. And, and I am a really, there are a few people that I would be pleased from all of CCM to kind of float it out there and be like, okay, world, here's a representative of what we're like. Oh, yeah. Stephen Curtis Chapman any day. I mean, yeah. with, you know, um, it's got to be true hip hop number, notwithstanding. Uh, it, there's, there's people rag on all the time on CCM. Uh, and even, even people who like it, like, like Trogues, he'll go on these, you know, these rants. I'm like, it's not, it's not that bad. It, right. Every, all music from the eighties and, and early nineties was a little embarrassing. Right. I feel like Christian music had a lot of really good stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I mean, that's the stuff that I still love going back and listening to is, is from that time period. And I mean, even getting into like that, um, you know, like that mid nineties, like where you started having all the, uh, what was the, uh, the secular, was it the secular was now or wow. The secular was now, right. And then the the, the secular was wow. No, no. The secular was now. That's what I call music. Yeah. And then the Christian Christian one was wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I mean, that was pretty cool because some of the early, um, wow stuff actually, you know, put on a compilation of all that, all that really good music that I still enjoy going back and listening to. I have a boatload of those, and I have so many CDs at home, dude. I'm never getting rid of them. I, nice. I have cassettes too. I, I like. I'm a, I'm a physical media guy. I don't want to have to stream it. I don't want to need an internet connection. Yeah. Or use data on my phone. Dude, what, what's your favorite of all time? Give Give me an '80s and a '90s album CCM that are your absolute favorites. Uh, I've got to go back even earlier than '80s for this. Uh, no, actually, no. I take that back. Well, my little it, it broken heart. It is a no, no, no. It's uh, so it's Petra. Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. And it's the it's either it's one of these two. It's either the Rock Cries Out, which is again, it's a it's kind of a compilation of some of their best ones from from a bunch of different ones, or it's uh, Petrified, which is another one. That has like a oh. compilation of it. It has, um, you know, this means war. It has the color song. Mm-hmm. It has all fired up. Um, yep. So it's one got, of, it's got uh, what's what's the other one in between there? The uh, the power one. What is it with the the windmills on the cover? Oh yeah, that yeah that was um, that was um, unseen power. Yes, yes, unseen yes. power. Yep, yep. So that was that was another one. So I think. I think one of those two, and then I think um, again, looking um, early '90s uh, would be uh, the Great Adventure, Stephen Curtis Chapman. So good, yeah. Dude, dude, and the one that came after that, um, I think it might have been Speechless, or it might have been—I uh, don't remember what it was. It, it was the one he had a, a black, uh, what do you call, it, turtleneck on, and oh, it had yeah. like um, "Let Us Pray." Yes. And a bunch, dude, that that guy was just an amazing song yeah. factory. Yeah. And here's my question: Why is Journey and and Sticks and Scorpion nostalgic, but Petra is embarrassing? 
That doesn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah. Petra was amazing. Yeah. Well, and it's so funny, too, because when you listen to a lot of Petra's songs, most of them come directly from Scripture. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. One, one of my favorite ones from uh, from the Petrified one is um, the one where it talks about, you know, the Levites return with the Ark of the Lord and um, be lifted up everlasting God. Like that whole section from the Psalms you know, who is this king of glory? The king of glory will come in. You know, like, man, that was, that was just, it's so good. I love going back and listening to those and then like reading the scripture in context. I mean, it, it's, oh, they, they were doing some great stuff. And, and you're right. Like, why do they get such a bad rap for the Here's stuff the thing. that they did? That was unusual though. I remember, it, I remember I was really into White Cross. Uh-huh. And I'm still quite into White Cross. Scott Wenzel was the lead singer. I've got his solo stuff. I've got a lot of old White Cross. Um, but I remember CCM did a review of one of their albums yep. when I was in college. This must be in mid-90s. Okay, yep. And they said, it sounds great. It's, you know, it's classic White Cross. If you like this kind of like hair metal kind of thing still. But the lyrics are a mishmash of sort of just like um, biblical slash religious imagery mixed metaphors none of it quite works it doesn't mean anything and uh, you know for that reason we have to give it kind of a tepid review and, and there was an awful lot of that especially when you get into the mid 90s where like nirvana and pearl jam and stuff were doing that just you know with word salad in their songs anyway right uh, for for the christian you know like like i remember um Either Wayne Watson or Dallas Dallas Home, I think. Yeah. Uh, writing a little editorial, like I don't know what half of these new Christian songs are, are supposed to be about, and that's a problem. Yeah. You know, so there's something about the straightforward. Like you always, you know what? Maybe I don't know what Lamu Far Away is about right. exactly, but I know what Secret Ambition's about, and I right. know what the Hand of Providence. I know what Pray right. for Me, and I'll pray for you. That's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. I miss the way. Uh, you know, all these things are. They're very straightforward, but still artistic. My my pick has got to be, dude, best Christian album of all time. Yep. It's got to be the Newsboys, Take Me to Your Leader. Oh, yes. Steve Taylor did the lyrics on that one, as he did before on Not Ashamed, also a great album. Yep. And it is just chockful. It's got Don't don't Serve Breakfast in Hell. It's yep. got Take Me to Your Leader. It's got uh, um, God Is Not a Secret. Yep, yep. Uh, Good grief, that's an it's, amazing does album. Does that one have the cartoon song on it, or was that another one? Dude, that's Chris Rice. Oh, that's Chris Rice. Oh. All right, I'm going to get a I lot like of him hate too. mail. Uh-oh, yes. <laughs> How dare you, sir? I know, KJ52 right? also had a cartoon song. Nice. Dude, you know, another one of my favorite um, artists from like that time period, Rich Mullins. Rich Mullins is in a category of his own, oh, right? Yeah. Oh, just stands out. So He's not even good. good for what it was or good for when it was. It's, it's just good. Yeah, yeah. All time, just solid, solid uh, songs and um, you it's know top three Rich Mullins songs, dude. All right, top three. Um, so not uniquely his, but Awesome God. Just still, I love that. the way. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Um, so see, I first I first heard that. Um, way back before I heard it from him, from Sandy Patty. That was the first time I heard it. Yeah, he wrote a lot of songs that Amy Grant did and other people, but they're like, sing your praise to the Lord, that's yep. him. Yep, um, so, uh, you know, huge fan of that one. Um, all right, okay, a uh, high amen. 
Yes. Um, yes. Such a good one. And then um, Hold Me Jesus. Oh, dude. Rebecca St. James did a, a, a cover of that that I love. To this day, it gives me chills. Nice. Nice. My, my favorites have got to be obviously Awesome God. Anyone who doesn't say that's a communist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then one from uh, Ragamuffin Band, which was um, uh, Liturgy of Legacy and Ragamuffin Band, was called uh, In America. Remember that oh, one? Oh, yep, yep. And then the one that I had, you know how for a while like it was requisite you had like a slideshow at your wedding reception yeah, yeah, or whatever? Yeah. My my uh, wife and I did that, and we both picked the songs for like the individual us, then we had the us together. And mine was, um, oh, good grief, what's it even called? If I, if I stand, if oh, I stand, yes. let me stand. Holy smokes, that song just, it just feels like everything that I ever wanted to say crammed into a three minutes. You know yes. what I mean? Like yeah. Yeah. Um, amazing. I feel like there's this really, and I know we didn't intend to talk about this, and it's ironic because I started quoting a really right. corny, bad song, but there is this sneering Gen X, like millennial, too good for everything. Nothing yeah. can be okay and earnest and just good. It's all got to be like, oh, yeah, that thing vibe about Christian music that it's never good. It's right. always embarrassing. And I, whenever I hear that come up, I, I usually laugh along. Yeah. And I'm kind of coming out right now as someone who's like, no, that's, that's not how I feel at all. Yeah. I feel like a lot of this stuff got me through difficult times in my life. Yeah. And Jeff Moore in the distance were yes. corny, oh, but Jeff goodness. Moore in the distance really means something to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the evolution song, Home Run. Evolution redefined. Yeah. Home Run. He, he, and then Jeff Moore came out later on with a, a, a number of songs, just worship songs himself. Yep. I, yep. I would put that dude up against any secular. I, I, and here, here, all right, people are going to laugh at me and they're going to think I'm stupid and they're going to call me names. My wife has got this Paul Simon concert in the Central Park double disc CD. Yep. I, I'll put uh, at least half a dozen CCM artists uh, up against that stuff. Yeah. I know he's quote unquote, you know, like a, a, a you know, folk music rock God. I, I don't care, man. I, I, I put Carolyn Aaron's seize the day up against his best song. Yes. Confidently. Yeah. Yeah. And there, there really is, there are so many great artists out there who are, you know, just so unique and so doing their own thing. I mean, anyone who has anything like bad to say about Stephen Curtis Chapman, I literally will jump down their throat because here's a guy who's been not just in the Christian industry, but in a mentor to Christian artists, but he's also been a mentor to a lot of secular artists out there um, and has such an amazing testimony of what it is to, you know, live a godly life, bring up a godly family, you know, that tragedy that happened to him and oh, his yeah. family, uh, what, what is it now? Seven years ago. Um, in a so, while, I'm sure yeah. it feels like seven days ago to I him. Know. Yeah. And, and just like them coming out and being like, you know, yeah, it's, it's hard, but you know, we're gonna, we're gonna trust in God and seeing them live that out you know, day to day. And like, it's just, it's so awesome. And how can you not appreciate someone like that and someone, you know, writing again, like Rich Mullins, who writes music from their heart and, you know, pours everything into it. The, um, the song, Hold Me Jesus by Rich Mullins. Um, I remember hearing this recently that, um, he came up with, uh, I believe it was the lyrics to those words where he was on tour and he was, um, staying in a hotel and, you know, he, he turned on a, um, 
pornographic movie and watched the whole thing and got done and just was so ashamed oh. with himself. And he told that on stage, you know, and he's like, I went outside and I just started weeping. And, you know, God just started bringing these, I mean, just the, the wow. realness of, of yes. that, you know, and like, here's a guy who's, you know, center stage and is just like, look, I, I'm a human and I fail and this is God's grace and providence in my life, you know, and oh man, that I, I love, I love that. I love the, the realness that you know, these artists have, and, and there, there are, there are a lot, not of all of them, of course, yeah. not, not by a long shot, but yeah. yeah, like, like you say, there's, there's some of these guys who's, and here's the other thing about Stephen Curtis Chapman. Mm-hmm. We were having that, that, uh, smarmy conversation about, you know, um, actually we, my, a friend of mine that, you know, and I were, were coming up with, uh, dishes from, yep. uh, the, the different names of different, you know, like, like pasta El Denson, you know, <laughs> Which, by the way, I like Al Denson a lot too. He was good stuff, and he and he had a plane crash, like, and and it still has a great testimony. But uh, we, I said, someone said something about Stephen Curtis Chapman. He was like, "I'm out. I can't." Yeah. Uh, because that guy gave a whole bunch of money to help uh, a whole bunch of people, and I was one of them, so that I could adopt my child. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just totally quiet, not like, "Oh, look at me! I'm doing this great thing, and uh, yeah. you know, I'm a sponsor of this thing, and my name's on the faces." No, just just quiet, just humble, yeah. so humble, and so much giving. And you know what? It really helps my faith, dude. I just found out this is this is pathetic. I just found out, but my favorite band, I would have told you a year ago, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, my favorite band was MXPX. Okay. Right? Yep. Sure, sure. Christianity is answer to Green Day or whatever. I thought they were better. I still think they are better. Um, and, 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 you know, pop punk kind of vibe. I found out, like so many others, they've, you know, they're no longer calling themselves Christians. They don't have any, you know, they, they kind of scoff at that time in their lives. They think the whole thing was kind of dumb. And, you know, they, and, and, you know, it, every time it's the same to hear that kind of thing. The same horrible feeling inside as when I bump into somebody that I knew from youth group or whatever, yeah, or church, and they've walked away from their faith, yeah. And it's good for my soul to look decades after I first started listening to you know Tuesday's Child or whatever these really old mullet era Stephen Curtis Chapman things we used to play me and my dad in the car, and this guy's still every day you know going to the cross. He's still loves Jesus. He hasn't let his success drag him away. He's, he's, he's so genuine and it's a nice reminder that, that there's not just a whole bunch of false converts and hypocrites around us. There are people that for whom this isn't a shtick. Yeah. This is, this is who they are. Yeah. And that gets me strength, man, to keep going myself. Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And I mean, the fact of the matter is it's so, it's so funny how people, um, you know, and, and again, it's, I, I don't know a lot of, um, you know, uh, unbelievers who are listening to Christian music out there. And so they're not generally mocking Christian music or anything like that. But, you know, um, it's, it's usually believers getting down on Christian music. And I, and I scratch my head and I'm like, but like a lot of the bands you listen to are poppy bands too. And you know, like their music sounds, you know, their music are in the top charts for the secular radio stations and all this stuff. Like, you know, and so it's so funny how at times there's like a double standard in between Christian music yeah. and non-Christian music. And it's like, yeah, this is, this is in the top, you know, 
10 charts for Christian music, but the guy you like is in the top 10 charts for secular music all the time. Well, that's because he's good. It's like, well, yeah. no, it's They're because, both corny. They're yeah. both four chords. They're both the same kind of hook. Yeah. 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 And I think, you know, I think the thing at the end of the day is like, for me, you know, I, I, I separate music and I think for whatever reason, believers have a hard time doing that where, yeah, I think a lot of worship music is the same. And, and it's for that reason that I'm not generally a huge fan of, um, modern worship songs, but even looking beyond modern worship songs, like you have the Gettys who are out there putting out so much good, rich theological music. And there's a lot of that stuff going on. And, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, a big, you know, roided out pastor down in North Carolina in his church and the things that are going on there. But good like, music comes out of there. That's yeah, for sure. It, it does. It and does. his name is on half of it. He is in the, the sessions coming up with the, the lyrics and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm, it's, it's so easy for me and I'm sure for you, but oh yeah, you know, for, to just fall into this standard, like sit back on my high horse and scoff at everything that's mainstream, even though I'm super mainstream, right? you know, it, I, 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 that's the hypocrisy. Yeah. And, and you know, anyone who's like, Oh, I can't stand Christian music. What do you like? Mumford and Sons? Right. <laughs> oh, okay, dude, shut up. Because yeah. if I play for you the latest for King and Country CD and the latest Mumford and Sons CD, uh, you're going to you're going to think that the the latter copied the former. You know what I mean? Like like right. um, and didn't quite get there. Like like Yeah. There's there is a a pass given to even like Taylor Swift, God right. bless her. I actually think she's just great. Right. I don't have any of her albums, but whenever I hear the music, I I, I enjoy it secretly and quietly. Um, or or I sing these songs to my son to make him get really angry. Um, <laughs> but like, why is that? That's considered like sure. It's it's mainstream. It's not high art or anything, but it's the best of what it is. Right. And yet. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I, I don't think there is a ton of great CCM right now. Mm hmm. Like I, I really don't. I, don't. I don't know. I mean, there's Andrew Peterson and stuff. That's that's not the poppy stuff. That's not the. Um, there, there's there's not a. Michael Card didn't pass the baton to anybody. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, yeah. But but I think that there's just a, a tendency to if it's got the the Jesus label on it, it gets a ten times harsher savaging. Yeah. And I, it reminds me of it. I was remember watching. We never had cable growing up. I was at my grandma's house, and I'm watching Comedy Central yep. when I'm probably about 11, right, yep. 12 maybe. And they had uh, whatever it was, the evening at the improv or whatever it was. And, and uh, this guy comes out, and, he's, and he was a really funny comic, and I, and I love – I've always loved stand-up comedy, and so I'm just drinking this in that I can watch unending amount of it. And my sister and I are watching it, and the guy's like, what about this Christian rock? What a what a bait and switch that is! I hate that. I, I get in my car and I'm flitting with the radio, and then I hear, uh, uh, "Oh, hey, sounds good, sounds hip." Jesus, click. And I remember I laughed at that, and my sister got really mad at me. She's like, "Why would you laugh at that?" I'm like, "I don't know. It's kind of funny." Like like Christian music uh, trying so hard to sound like it's not Christian is a funny concept. Right. Sad, sad, funny. Like ha ha, sad. Right. But Christian music that just, I mean, I bet if you sang A Mighty Fortress Is Our God mm -hmm. um, to a non-believer in Saxony 
1535, yep. they'd go, that sounds an awful lot like the stuff that's sung outside of the church, right? I know, right. And it, it wasn't a bar song. It's a right. B-A-R-R-E bar song. But it was, I mean, it's it, Fanny Crosby sounded like what was, you know, the the broad mainstream music of her day. Right. It, it's okay. Right. It, it, why is it all of a sudden, you know, we're all right, you know, the old hymns was okay, Certain certain things get you know they're they're kind of quirky enough or weird enough. Jars of Clay was okay because of you know they were kind of the tip of the spear with that kind of music. Yeah. But for the most part, you know th- this whole thing is your your whole life's work is just a punchline. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's so interesting. You know, you bring up like Jars of Clay, and you know, I think back to like Pod and uh, Skillet, and a lot of there. There's so many mainstream bands that come and go, and it's fascinating to me how so many of them, like you know, blip up on the radar, and and you know, Christians all flock to it, and they're like, oh yeah, this is you know, this is going to be the next big thing, and blah 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 blah. And then you know, I mean, how many years later, and you know, they're off. And I mean, I still enjoy listening to a lot of those things and and a lot of the music that they put out, but it's like you know, they're not they're not really around like they were at that point doing anything. But again, go back to like Michael W. Smith, Stephen Curtis Chapman, you know, a lot of those big names, you know, that, that started early on and have made this kind of slow, steady career at just, you know, honoring God with their music, you know, and, and again, you know, like we could have a whole discussion on, you know, something being, uh, you know, Christian music or something that's written by a Christian and, you know, but at the end of the day, it's like these people are doing things that they love and they're putting out entertainment for Christians that we can enjoy. And really at the end of the day, it's something, Hey, you know, I don't have to worry about, you know, if I'm listening to Toby Mac, I don't have to worry about what lyrics are on, you know, if I'm going to be playing it for my students or something like that, or if I'm going to be listening yeah. to it in my classroom, you know, I know it's something that I'm, I, I don't have to, you know, be concerned. Oh, what's popping up, you know? And I think be aware, dude, by the way, I, uh-huh. I, sorry to interrupt, but just so you know, John Rubin's latest, a uh-huh. couple of swears in it, a uh-huh. Cu- couple of minor swears, BS. He says BS a couple of times. Uh, and you know, there's always that little march too toward a little edgier and a right. little, you know, whatever. Um, I, I still put it on in my car and I said to my son, uh, this has got this word in it. I don't want to hear it out of your mouth. Right. But, but I feel like it's still worth, you know, having this, this album and we've always both been huge John Rubin fans. Right. Well, and I think that's the thing too, is, you know, there's a difference of, you know, um, which is interesting because I think we were going to um, have a you know discussion on that too, but you know kind of going in a different direction. I think it's interesting, you know, and and worth talking about, you know, different things that you're willing to you know listen to, you know, privately or with your son, or you know, there are different tiers of things that you're willing to tolerate and put up with. Um, I don't like a lot of language in my music in general, which is why I don't tend to listen to music with a lot of language in it. But I don't mind watching a movie like that. Um, that you know that doesn't bother me. Um, but I'm certainly not going to put that in a DVD player and show it in front of a classroom of students either. You know that um, there's just something different about you know what we would tolerate in our entertainment sphere. Um, 
you know, and I know for me, like with a lot of these Christian artists, I don't have to be concerned with the message that they're sending across, particularly to my middle schoolers, you know? Yeah. I was listening to um, an Ed Sheeran song, um, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, you know? And I didn't turn the radio station because I, I generally like this radio station and listen to the music on it, but I'm just like, man, you know, this this is what my kids are listening to. Like my, my school kids are listening to, and this is the impression they're getting about, you know, adult relationships. And it's just, to me, it's, it's sad, you know? And so I don't have to worry about that. If I put on Stephen Curtis Chapman and he's talking about relationships, adult or otherwise, you know, it's always from a godly perspective that he's singing about these things, which I appreciate. Yeah, I don't remember who it was. It was one of those uh, like l- under the radar, uh, like the seventy sevens or uh, like uh, who what was the Mike Rowe band? Um, uh, not not that Mike Rowe from the Dirty right, Jobs, right. but the the <laughs> Christian Mike Rowe. Uh, I can't remember what it was called. But it was one of those. They had a the guy had a, a love song to his wife with some semi like lurid. I mean, from from an outsider's point of view, right. lyrics like some. Sexual stuff. It was all metaphor, you know. Dive into your swimming pool, or you know, stuff could be right. different ways. Can and I remember that was a big, it was a big deal. Like, is this okay? You know, and and uh, that that kind of stuff. I guess it's a different topic for another day, right? Um, <laughs> but but there's it does that does you know go to the point of there's such a just wide range of different kinds of Christian music. Yeah. And people often think of it, you know, you know what they think of? They think of Sunseed, right? right. Remember that? <laughs> I've yeah. got the friend, Jesus, Jesus is my friend. Um, or, you know, just like the corniest, that, that kid, Michael Clancy, doing the new thing on, on uh, religious TV that, oh, that, yeah. that went viral. That was awesome. <laughs> but, you know, people today, I, I think that there's more stuff now than ever that's quality Trip Lee is the you know is probably the best at what he's doing right now. Mm-hmm. I know I'm not exactly the right demographic to make that call, but I I can recognize that it's insanely artistic and and well written and well performed. Yep. Uh, there's still a lot of the the bands that I was super into. A lot of them I think have gone the way of the the uh, dodo there since I was in college. But Plank Eye, ever listen to Plank Eye? No. They were such a great uh, alternative rock band that any time I played that in my car and there was somebody who was, you know, not into Christian music as an unbeliever or whatever in my car, they'd be like, holy cow, who is this? And there nice. were tooth and nail records, you know, that was, it was real, it was real edgy stuff. Um, it, 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 this was new. This was early in, in the, the tooth and nail, but right. they were just, it was an indie label. They were snatching up people who already had albums and stuff. And, uh, I, I probably 20 people, no exaggeration over the course of five years, um, either bought that album or asked me to tape it for them. Cause it was back then when you would yeah, tape yeah. things. <laughs> and, and you listen to it the first couple times through, you just listen to how good the music is. It's not tons of, uh, you know, Jesus, this salvation, that, right. But as you listen to the words and get to know the songs, they all had not just quote unquote spiritual, but very biblical emphases. Yeah. And they were about, you know, loss and struggle and, and, and they were, they pointed you to the cross, every one of them. Yeah. And I remember thinking like, we've really reached a point. This is 23 years ago, probably 22 years ago when I was a freshman in college, we really reached a point now 
where Christian music has come out of that, you know, that, that prison it was in yeah. when, when all there was, was glad and, you know, um, whatever, white hearts, you know, yeah. and stuff to a point where it's really leading the way. Like the supertones yeah. were one of the early first wave of ska. There was only one wave because it went away right away. Right. But, you know, like, like there was, there was so much of that innovative stuff. Yeah. And then I felt like, I remember in like the early audits, like, oh, we kind of pulled back and we're no longer innovating. Yeah. Um, Tooth and Nail and all those other um, record labels went kind of corporate or disappeared. Yep. Um, and we're back to Forefront and Star Song and the big, <coughs> excuse me, the big, um, I'm dying over here, FYM. <laughs> The, the big four or five, all of whom Not for another became, 20 minutes. Don't die for another 20 minutes. They all became kind of um, sub-labels or imprints of big secular, you know, Virgin Records or whoever. Right, right. I feel like that, that kind of was when they were like, okay, get back in your box and do your little corny thing. Right. And we don't want to take any – we just use the formula. Yeah. Now, actually, that's a great – segue into kind of what I had texted you about and wanted to talk to you about um, uh, selling out like artists selling out and things like that. I have, I have conversations with different people, whether, um, you know, artistically in terms of drawing or artistically in terms of music and different things. Um, You know, you've um, written several books. And so, you know, that's a form of artistry, being able to communicate a story to someone, um, and so I come across this this concept of selling out constantly, um, and I don't know. Like I've begun to really rethink my definition of what it means to sell out. You know, because I I, I was thinking about this in terms of I have a friend um, who's um, in a uh, you know pretty pretty well known. Um, band in uh christian radio and you know i was talking with him and he was kind of like we all know who it is it's a (laughs) it's greg um no (laughs) um but you know we were we were talking he was like yeah you know he plays he plays electric guitar and he's like yeah it's kind of cool you know we we tore around you know and i mean by no stretch of the imagination you know has this person and this band reached the level of like you know super stardom where they're making tons of money you know they're still for for you know all intents and purposes it's like you know they have to supplement their music income with other income and i get you know and he's you know he's struggling cuz he's like you know i'm frustrated with it and all that stuff and i'm like yeah, I mean, I kind of get that, but at the end of the day, aren't you still doing what you really want to do? I mean, you're in a band and you're playing instruments. Like, I mean, it, don't you just enjoy, you know, play, playing your instrument? And it's like, yeah, I do, but like, I don't know, I just feel like such a sellout because I'm not really doing what I want to do with it, um, you know? And it's like, yeah, but but don't you kind of have to do the things that they tell you to do in the industry in order to get to the point where you can be one of these big name players. I mean, I guarantee you when at this point, when Stephen Curtis Chapman walks into, you know, his, his agent and is like, I have a song, they're putting that song out. You know, there, there isn't any of this like, Oh, well, let's change this. Let's do this. Because at the end of the day, he could just go and put it out on his own. I mean, I don't know, man. I, 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 I bet there is. I, I bet that I bet there's still some PR wonk and some 
some uh, somebody holding them back. You know, you, you're going to record these. You're going to do that thing you do in Spanish. I'll give you one side, uh, one song per side of the LP kind of situation. But but I I mean I get where you're coming from. The selling out, uh, you're saying maybe is a means to an end, so you get to a point where you don't have to. Like how Dave Ramsey says, "Live like no one else right now, so later you can live like no one else." <laughs> nice Dave Ramsey reference. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think, you know, I mean, I think there's a point where it's like, you know, you, and again, like, I think you're always, because unless you have your own record label and you're putting out your own music, you still work for someone. I mean, let's be real. Like, you know, somebody is still cutting you a check to do, to do your thing, you know? And so there's, I think you're right. I think there's always going to be some compromise and some nuance to, to certain things. But at the end of the day, I, I think it's going to be less for, you know, Stephen Curtis Chapman than it's going to be for the guy who's just, you know, um, struggling, working, you know, out of his garage, you know? Um, and, and is that really selling out or is that just kind of like, you know what? These are the people who are, you know, paying my bills. No one else is going to pay my bills doing this at this point. So, yeah, I'm going to do this thing and, you know, uh, well, you know, until I can get to the point where I'm doing more of what I want to do in this particular industry, you know. Um, and I think, I think you talked about this, um, a little bit on Clinch, your other podcast with writing books, you know, that there's, there's a lot of things that you went into thinking, oh yeah, I'm going to get, you know, this choice and this preference. And they were kind of like, um, nope, you're actually going to do it this way, or you're going to do this, or you're going to do that. Um, you know, I mean, in those moments, did you kind of feel like you were selling out or did you just feel like, Hey, I'm getting my book out there. And so this is pretty cool. Yeah, I, I feel like the the very notion of selling out is for naive, very young people mm-hmm. to to carp on. You know, like, and it's different depending on what sub subculture you're in. Yeah. Like for for like punk rock fans, yeah, uh, Rancid sold out when they took a big uh, you know record deal and started touring and and uh, became successful. Right. Well, no, no, you're supposed to stay in this gross you know alley bar. You know, with a single bare light bulb and vomit all over. That's that's anything else is selling out. Right. And that's usually it's it's very it's very immature people who who complain about that. Although there is certainly a sense in my mind. Yes, you're right. With the books, I I wanted things done a certain way and assumed that I would have a lot of input into it. And they had quite literally bought out my right to dictate stuff like that by giving me what to me was a rather enormous check right. with the promises of more to come for, you know, upon completion of the manuscript for the next book, et cetera. Um, and so in a sense, I guess you've sold that out, but that's not that big of a deal to sell something like what the cover looks like or what the title of the book is. That's all part of the game. Right. In my mind, the selling out is if they had said, Dude, there's just there's way too much Jesus in this, or this is so exclusive. You know, can we make it more? And, and this is the direction. I know this for a fact. This is not hearsay. I used to go. I, I I've unplugged from all this stuff. I used to go to all the the Christian writing and Christian publishing uh, conferences and and all these things. Yep. And you know, wear the big the, the little uh, the lanyard with all the ribbons under it and stuff. And I sat in on literally. Three different, you know, kind of two and a half, if you count imprints of different things. Sure. Um, 
here's the state of our publishing company situation. One of them was a, a publisher I'd worked with, and the overarching, the common denominator was what's selling right now during this difficult time for, for publishing in the CBA, which is the Christian Bookseller Association. In that world, what's selling is books that are clean, mm-hmm. books that are they're not full of lurid stuff, they're not full of swearing and sex, but they're also not full of this really blatant Jesus stuff and Bible stuff, and that's going to be more and more what we're doing. Books that are kind of the clean alternative to, you know, like like the Harlequin like, romance stuff. Yeah, right. In fact, Harlequin even has a, a sub branch called uh, Love Inspired. It's Christian, and it's not Christian. It's just not uh, right. full of sex and and and, and that kind of thing. And to me, at that point, I mean, granted, if you want to just write stories, you don't have to write Christian books or Christian songs or make Christian movies if you're a Christian. You can just make great movies, write great books, and do well, you know? Yeah. Um, So I'm not saying everyone's got to. I'm saying for me, someone who went into this going, this is a way to use gifts God gave me to um, communicate spiritual truth while also making people go, holy crap, what happens next? And enjoy themselves, and hopefully also you know turn some some phrases that you know come off uh, pretty pretty well. This is ironic because I'm not being very eloquent right now, but but you know <laughs> to, to write some some very um, worthwhile prose as well. Yeah. You know if if that was my goal, then for me it would have been majorly selling out if they would have been like, let's lose this part where this guy you know quote unquote believes in Jesus. That's just this isn't you know this isn't going to sell. Mm. Okay, I don't care. Yeah, that, yeah. This is a, a deal breaker. Now, for someone else, the deal breaker is somewhere else. Right. You know, maybe you're a musician and you don't do hooks. Okay, then if they get you to do a hook, you've you've sold out. That's that's on you. It should be you who cares. It shouldn't be your fans or the community around you. That's like the thing you just did is the thing you can't do. It should be your principles that I don't violate the, these. Here's a little. Here's a box in which. Are my particular principles that I'm not gonna that I'm not gonna give up. I don't care how much money you dangle in front of me. I'm not going to. I'm not gonna do this. You know, like I remember Ashley Judd. Um, the first time I ever saw her was a movie that I love, even though it sucks, called um, Cuffs. Oh K-U-F-F-S. yes, FFS. Yes, Christian Slater. The old, uh, Christian Slater movie. I don't know why I love it. Literally, when I get depressed, I will sometimes turn that movie on because it makes me feel good. Nice. Um, but like she, she's like in the background. She's the wife of a guy who owns a bodega or something. And I remember hearing or reading that she had been up for the part that Mia Jovovich plays, yep. but said, "No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to. I'm not going to take that part because it requires like dancing around in my underwear." Um, and I, I, that's just a line I won't cross. Yeah. Now I don't know if that's true or if that's an urban legend, but if it's true, then wow, has she sold out? Because I know there's been stuff I've had to like mash the the chapter skip button on with ashley judd uh because it's just like oh i can't look at that right uh that's that's your own your own conviction then throwing out the window that's selling out Uh, to me mxpx saying well yeah you can still download um you know different things where this song that's all about a girl who who has tried everything and finds jesus but that's not who we are anymore. You know, I know it's I know it's a change in their conviction, so they're still being true to themselves. 
Mm-hmm. But from a fan point of view, I'm like, you sold out. From their point of view, it must not have been part of what they wouldn't, you know, what they wouldn't do. Right. Yeah. I, I think it's got to be really personal. I, I think I think nobody from the outside can say you're a sellout. You know if you are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, I think that's a good point. And I like how you mentioned, you know, conviction in that because I think, I think too, like convictions can change as well. You know, I mean, um, and, and that's, you know, that's something that, you know, like you said, you have to make that decision. Um, you know, I was, um, in this conversation, you know, I was ta- a different conversation. I was talking to another friend of mine, um, and we were we were talking about the book that I wrote, you know, and I had sent it into some publishers and got some feedback on things that I could change. And you know, I was like, just kind of wavering back and forth if they were things that I wanted to change because the question was, did I want to tell and write a story that was overtly Christian and in the way I view the story that I wrote was more um, a kind of supposal to quote C.S. Lewis, you know, suppose these things happen in this, this, and this, you know, and they kind of came back and they were like, you know, it's interesting, but you know, we really don't like the direction you're going with it and, and all this stuff. And so it was like, okay, well I could change that. And, you know, my friend kind of was, you know, harassing me a little bit like well you know i mean you wrote the story so aren't you selling out if you do that And i'm like no because i want to write a good story you know i I don't i'm not changing like the the elements of you know her being a christian and things like that i'm toning down some things that and, and in all fairness while i'm looking at it as a piece of fiction they're looking at it like well, what if people take these, you know, things biblically out of context, you know? And I'm like, I think that's a fair argument, you know? Um, I mean, it's, it's kind of like you look at Frank Preddy's stuff and it's like, it's a fun story. And if you take it as a piece of fiction, it's fun to read, but how many people look at his work and they, you know, look at it like it's the second gospel of Luke or something like that, you know? Um, and so I think that's, you know, I was like, I think it's a fair point. And I don't think I'm selling out by making changes that they're suggesting I make based on what I hope is their experience with, you know, similar stories and things like that, you know. Um, and I think that's where people have to make their decision on where they're going to hold, where they're going to hold the line, you know. Is this something that's compromising the integrity of, of what I want to see, or is this, you know, eh, no, I, I don't, I think I can still write a good story. I think I can still play good music. I think I can still do the things that I want to do in this kind of artistic venue and still, you know, say I'm being true to myself and, and what I want to convey is still coming across in those things. Yeah, and you know Christians are really the worst at at identifying when someone has sold out. Yeah, I really think I, I mean like most Christian uh, storytelling, whether it's a, a book or especially if it's a movie, yeah, probably could use someone saying, "Here's how you can tone it down." Right. Not meaning take out the themes, but make right. it less obvious, blatant in your face. Right. Um, like a moving Bible tract. Yeah. And I, I just got a, a fan letter yesterday that I loved reading that they had read playing Saint, much of my, my, my favorite book of, that I've written. And, um, that, that what they appreciated about it was that there was a lot of spiritual stuff in it, but not like easy, 
neat. Oh, I got saved. I cut my hair. I put on a suit and, you know, right. um, so, so, but a lot of Christians, like if it gets more real and less like fairyland Christianity, that seems like they're selling out. I even remember a, uh, I was at creation 93, right? Yep. Uh, DC talk is on the stage. I think this is free at last era. Free at last, by the way, was the first CD I ever got. I got it for Christmas along with a Sony Discman. Nice. Um, and uh, it was like the, all I got for Christmas that year, and I was very happy. Um, it, the, the Sony Discman was probably incredibly expensive uh, and made out of pure titanium or something. So that it, it didn't could, even have a skip track on it, did it? <laughs> yeah, no, it had no ESP or yeah. whatever that was called, Road, remember? And, and I actually plugged it in with cables to like a, a ghetto blaster, and that's how I would play music, not through headphones. But... Um, we're at this concert, and uh, Toby says, um, I'm not going to do the accent, because even though he's white, it would sound racist. Uh, Toby, <laughs> Toby says uh, that we've been getting calls and contacts from people about opportunities for us to take our music and put it on the radio, secular radio. And there is spontaneous booing from 40,000 people. And back then, I'm 13, I'm going... Uh, what the heck? Why wouldn't we want this right. out there? And a lot of people, uh, and there's a few cheers, and there's a lot of booze. And then he he it completely he was ready for this. He just defuses the whole situation by saying, "But if we cross over, we're gonna take." Can you guess the crossover? Uh. <laughs> which which is kind of clever. Yeah. And at the end of the day. Three or four of their songs did get played on secular radio. Uh, I think some on Jesus Freak did, and none yeah. of them were their best songs, and none of them, they were all like stripers, honestly, where they could be about something else. They were right. bad. Yeah, they so, could be, yeah. So uh, Just Between You and Me was one that yep. got played yep. on secular I remember radio. that, yep. It's just about making up and not being mad at each other. Let's yep. get together. It was, it was like the second worst song on the whole album. Yeah. Uh, but a, once in a while, you get, I mean, like Flood, Right, that was oh everywhere. yeah, that was huge. Yeah, well, it that was, even made it on. Um, that made it on uh, a movie. Um, was it called yeah, the same thing? Flood. Flood. Yeah, yeah. Christian. Slater. Yeah, yeah, Christian Slater, Morgan Freeman. Yeah, that was that was a real turd of a movie. I like that one too, though. Um, but I remember being in '96 in my car, and Flood came on. I was like, oh, I've had enough of this song. So yeah. I hit my next preset. So I went from like the Christian radio station to the local like. Uh, it was 97.9, GRD, uh, Alternative Rock, Flood's On. <laughs> I switched to the next one, which is Top 40, Flood's On, yeah. three stations in a row. I mean, they're really – and then Love Song for a Savior got out there a little bit. Yep. And I'm going, wow, you know, if something's good enough, yeah. the world will go, huh. That's, yeah. I, I'm not into the Jesus thing, but huh, that's, well, that's pretty good. And if you remember like two – somewhere between 2003. Three, I want to say 2002, 2003, maybe even in 2004. Um, I can only imagine that. Did that get broad play? Oh yeah. Yeah. That was broad play all over the country. I remember, um, I remember driving home and this was when I was in New Hampshire. I was driving, I was on summer break from college and I was driving, um, driving home. I was in, um, so just to give an idea to people, I lived in, in the country, but the local city, which really wasn't a city, it was just a big town, was like 20 minutes away. And so I was driving home and I remember hearing that and I was like, wait a minute, we don't have any Christian radio stations around here. 
and and it wasn't it wasn't a christian radio station it was the local pop like 1055 station um that i <laughs> does that mean we're done <laughs> no that just means i forgot to turn it down after i played the intro <laughs> Um, but listening and it came on and I was like, oh, this is an anomaly. And like, they started talking about how the song is just like, you know, sweeping the nation and people are, you know, requesting this and they're loving it. And I was, I was blown away by that because to me, that is an overtly Christian song. There's nothing ambiguous about that. I mean, you know, it talks about being face to face with Jesus and, you know, dancing in his glory. I mean, like you can't get away from it. And this is, you know, this is out there for the world and they are just loving it and consuming it. And it just, it blew my mind. And, you know, so you even have, you even have moments like that where things like that slip on and, you know, people are just for, for whatever reason, they get captivated by the music and the words that are there. And I think sometimes even without necessarily thinking about the implication of it, yeah, and what's sad is that I'm sure there are people who thought of that as kind of selling out. We we sort of want to keep this stuff for ourselves, yeah. which may be a metaphor for a lot that's wrong with the church. Yeah, 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 true. You know, and in the vein of we, we didn't mention Mercy Me, who um, – you know, eh. again, well, I, they, I, I think they have some really good um, music in terms of, have you heard the song, um, You Are, I Am, from them? Uh, yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I really... I, I feel like that's all good music that my parents like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. What about Casting Crowns? Uh, same. Really? Uh, I, I might like it if I heard, I don't know, a lot of that stuff came out at a time... When I was just, I, my life was too full for me to like anything new. And yeah, I don't know. I, I, a lot of, anything that, that sounds sort of Mac Powell-y, okay. I, I sort of just dislike by default because I don't like that kind of crooning. Okay. Even though I can recognize that there's great songwriting behind it and stuff, it's just not my cup of tea. That's like Third enough. Day, yep. I, would, I, I went to a, a show once where The Waiting, which is one of the best Christian bands of all time, opened for Third Day. Uh huh. And I'm going. Why was it not the other way around? I don't want to hear. I want to hear more. Yeah, and yeah, you know, songs like "Consuming Fire" and stuff are good. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and I sort of feel like maybe I'm thinking of the wrong band, but I sort of feel like "Casting Crowns" has a similar vibe, don't they? Yeah. No, I I, I think that's fair. Um, and if we are the body, stuff. do they do that one? That's yep. a pretty good song. Yep. We are the body. Um, Did they do um, the one uh, where it's, uh, it's "Praise You in the Storm"? Yep, yep. Dude, that song gives me chills. That's a really good song. Yeah, yeah. Because it's so it's so real, and it's and it mixes biblical imagery with like stuff right out of the person's life who's who's singing it. Which you know, that's what any good uh, Christian conveyance does, whether it's a sermon or whatever. Right. Yeah. That, I I really enjoy casting crowns because. Um, in, in listening to their music and then even I, I love, I, I don't enjoy just listening to music. I mean, I love listening to music, but I also enjoy what goes into the music and what, what goes behind the music. And they really put a lot of thought and time into, um, you know, the, the stuff that they're putting out there. And again, just to me, a lot of, um, a lot of that imagery is in there. If you get a chance to listen to, um, you know, their, their album in full, I think, I think you would enjoy it. Um, their life song album, 
um, I think you would enjoy that because there's oh that life song thing was so omnipresent for like <laughs> two or three years that if I hear that thing, man, I don't, I'm running for the. Rangers. I don't mean that song uh, because you're right that that, that song. <laughs> That that song has uh, like every time it comes up on my playlist, I always skip right over it. Came but- a death song after. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But um, but the album um, aside from that song uh, is really good, um, and I would you know that's one that I would uh, recommend checking out. And their their Christmas album that they released, um, I heard the bells on Christmas Day. Uh, it's one of my favorite renditions of that song is by them. Um, so have to check it out sometime. Yeah. All right. I may, I may do just that. Dude, we, uh, this is cool. We, uh, pretty much got an hour in, which, uh, we were, we were kind of wondering if we were going to do that. We're casting a little later tonight than we normally do. Um, but uh, but I think this is turn good. this around quick if it's going to go to eleven. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, thankfully I don't have to do too much editing. I'm just going to leave all the mistakes in there and yeah, just cut out those four times I dropped an f bomb. <laughs> no, we're gonna. What we're gonna do is uh, have you ever heard of start. Front Porch with the Fitzies, Elise no. Fitzpatrick's podcast? Um, it's it's really good. They, she does one with her um her husband and then her son Joel and then her um. Her daughter, I can't remember her daughter's name right now, but um, they they do a Patreon section, and they're like all the unedited stuff that Joel says on here. We put on. That's <laughs> <laughs> how we can make our millions, man. That's right. That's right. Oh, dude. Well, this has been good, but uh, we are going to have to go ahead and sign off now so that we can get this up for eleven. So, Zach, we just rocked the Casbah. These go to eleven.